Welcome into RJ Bell's Dream Preview, Major League Baseball edition. I'm Scott Seidenberg alongside Griffin Warner. This is our All-Star Break episode. We have reached the All-Star Break of the 2023 Major League Baseball season. Griffin, you excited to uh, have a couple of days off after the All-Star game? I am I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long year. Uh, we've entered the doldrums for some uh, at the middle of the summer calendar. Not a lot of sports running, but um, I'm looking forward to the All-Star break and recharging the batteries for what should be a pretty good second half of the year. Did you catch David Ross when he was yelling at the umpire in the first inning of the Cubs-Yankees game? On Sunday, when he says you got one, you got one goddamn game before you get a break, and you're that bad already. Uh, I appreciate it, and I've felt the same way for this entire season. I swear, um, the amount of strikes that are called two balls off the box mm-hmm. just drive me absolutely insane, and they change a lot of results to games. So I'm with you, Rossi, and uh, I feel like he's one of the guys that is willing to get ejected. And honestly. I totally accept ejections. I probably get ejected twice a week at this point. Well, what's been your overall assessment of the first half? Because I, I got to be honest, Griffin, this has been a strange first half of baseball. I, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but I feel like there's an abnormally large amount of high scoring innings occurring in these games uh, across the league where maybe it's teams that are, you know, like conceding losses. I, I don't I don't know what it is, but it feels like every day I'm seeing seven run innings, five run innings where I don't remember it being like this in the past. I mean, certainly end of games when you're having like a position player pitching every night, it feels like um, that. I don't think is what you're referring to, but that has really, I mean, just signs of a damaged game that should be fixed because that should never really be allowed. I mean, it's kind of funny when it happens like once a month or something like that, but it happens far too often. And that's kind of disgusting and shows like the leadership and struggles of a commissioner, but I'm sure no one wants to hear me talk about that. So um, are you, if you're talking about starters who seemingly have one bad inning and then throw up zeros the rest of the way i feel like it's a lot about the consistency of pitchers um i also wonder if the 100 pitch count number i mean it's been around for a long time where it's very rare even now i feel like 90 is like where a lot of people get taken out unless you're a veteran um i wonder if that does something with like fatigue and those sort of things where if you can get a pitcher out there especially with the new pitch clocks that require you to throw a pitch within 30 seconds it limits how much you can step off and how many times you can throw to first base and all those sort of things. I do wonder, I mean, I don't think it's just affecting the Alec Minos in the world who have eaten so much in the offseason that he just couldn't even keep his stamina up. Uh, I'm not sure that's the, the main and only problem for him, but I do think that's one of them. Um, but I do wonder, because there's a lot of rule changes and tweaks for a game that to me was not broken, and it's really affected a lot of things, uh, including the ridiculous time violations and automatic strikeouts for like cleanup hitters that seem to happen regularly. Yeah, and I agree. I think pitchers not having the opportunity to take some time and catch their breath before throwing the next pitch is probably leading to a reduction in velocity, and then they're getting hit harder. So, uh, And I thought that relief pitchers were going to be the ones that suffer the most, and it looks like so far they have been because... Uh, there have been some really bad bullpens in the first half of this season, Griffin. I mean, there certainly have. And, and I feel like one of the things that I have looked at for years, I know that kind of starting the year off, you said that you're a lot more in the first halves or first fives than I am. Um, I honestly, I, I look at bullpens probably a lot more than most people. And it's like, to me, one of those things where 
it used to be they would have bullpen guys go three days in a row no problem now i feel like it's maximum two and even then you're seeing some struggles like i know evan phillips worked a lot last week for the dodgers and like one of i think he worked three days in a row which is kind of unheard of now which was normal old hat stuff in the past um got shelled by a really weak pirates lineup and i think things like that are happening like they're watching out for three pitching three times in four days and they're not available the next it's just like a lot of things where i think um, there is some more care for pitchers because their arms are so so fragile, but I also feel like it's kind of babied them a little bit, and I think it's limited their effectiveness when they need to work a lot. And a lot of times they don't want to, but based on roster restrictions and things of that nature, it's kind of something you have to deal with. Well, let's take a look at the first half of the season and where we are here at the All-Star break. Uh, looking at the standings in the American League East, the Rays are in first place, two games up on the Orioles. Guardians in first place in the Central, a half game up on the Twins. And the Rangers in first place in the West, two games up on the Astros. Which one of these races for first and second right now surprises you the most in the American League? I think it's got to be the Rangers. Um, it's been a, a wobbly last couple weeks, to say the least. Um, but they had a really good first half. Maybe didn't take advantage of enough of their Astros and other brethren in the AL West struggles. But uh, a team that's really not been competitive for years being in first place in the AL West is a, a huge step for the franchise. It's been a lot of money. And uh, I think just a, a little foresight or foreshadowing for the future is I feel like a lot of their money was spent in free agent pools and I'm worried about the depth in the organization, but they're in first right now, two games up on the Astros. Um, I think a lot thanks to the Astros poor play this weekend to, uh, at home to the Mariners, but Rangers just lost a series at Washington. The Nationals hadn't won a series. I don't think at home since May. So um, not a great way to close the the first half out, but I guess they're in first place, and I'm sure they would have taken it if you offered to them the first uh, before the season started. In the National League, the Braves are in first place in the East, eight and a half games up on the Marlins. The Reds are in first place in the Central, one game up on the Brewers, and the Dodgers and Diamondbacks are tied for first place in the West, two and a half games up on the Giants. Which race surprises you the most in the National League? Uh, I think we knew the Braves were going to be good, so I'll leave that one behind. The Marlins being in second place is definitely a surprise, especially at 14 games over 500. Um, I think the Reds coming out of nowhere with very long odds to win the division, one of the longest long shots to win the World Series. Um, that's been incredible. Uh, I mean, fueled by a really deep minor league system, but ultimately a team that can hit the ball. Uh, they really are not pitching great. Their starters are, are really weak, but the bullpen's been holding up um, and they've been one of the most electrifying teams and stories out there. Seeing Ellie De La Cruz still second, third and home on like the same play essentially was uh, incredible just two days ago on Saturday. Um, but that to me is the wildest race. Got a good series with Cincinnati visiting Milwaukee this weekend. Uh, the Cardinals being in last place, nowhere to be found, is also a big shock for me. They might be sellers at the deadline. Well, speaking of Ellie De La Cruz, I think the race for the Rookie of the Year is a phenomenal one. And we're going to get to our second half predictions and our awards picks coming up in just a few minutes. But if we were to give out awards for the first half of the season only, so where we are to this point, Griffin, in the American League, we'll start with the most valuable player. I don't think you're going to argue with me. It's Shohei Otani. 
It is. Uh, only argument is a team that's really struggling and looks like it's going to get a lot worse depending on how long Mike Trout is missing. But again, uh, hey, listen, we're not we're not talking about for the rest sure. of the season. We're not talking about picks. This is just as of right now at the All-Star break, the first half MVP of the American League is Shohei Otani. I mean, he's my MVP. He doesn't have to play another. Game. <laughs> so um, he's he's done so much, added so much value. But uh, somehow Aaron Judge won the MVP last year. So I don't know what to say about that. 62 home runs. That's what you have to say. What about yeah. in the National League? Is it Ronald Acuna Jr. for the first half? Hard to argue that. Best team in baseball overcoming an incredible start to the year by the Tampa Bay Rays. Um I've have no I found no flaws in your suggestion so far. Scott. All right. Well, now this one gets interesting. In the American League, my first half Cy Young Award winner is Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan, an eleven and one record, a one point one seven whip, and a two point five three ERA. He is my first half Cy Young. In the American League. Coincidentally, he was my preseason pick to win the Cy Young Award in the American League. So maybe I'm a little biased, but that's my vote right now. First half, Cy Young AL. Well, I have some shares in him fantasy-wise, so I hope that he is going to get through this small back issue, hopefully, uh, which had zapped some of his velocity and that everything will be smooth from here on out. If I had to offer someone that is not Shane McClanahan, because we've been so simpatico so far on this episode i'm gonna go nathan Ivaldi of those texas rangers off to a great start this year it's been great a little bit struggling toward down the, the end of the stretch just like his team has but he's been healthy so far uh those are probably my top two all right my first half cy young winner in the national league my preseason bet was zach gowan i was going to say zach gowan but i my opinion has changed and i'm gonna go with justin Steele of the cubs a 9-2 and two record, a 2.56 ERA, a 1.06 whip. Justin Steele, my first half, Cy Young, National League. I'm going to go back to your guy, Zach Gallen. Uh, the home record has been incredible, uh, carrying me to a, a bunch of first five under victories, and I think both of us on this podcast as well. Um, I know that doesn't matter as much to Cy Young voters, but it does to me personally right now. Uh, and I think Zach Allen, just the start to the year and how how great he's been, um, it's hard for me to go in another direction. Justin Steele has been great. Um, I I can't I guess I can't argue too much with it. He's been awesome, but uh, I'll take Zach Allen. Let's go to the rookies of the year in the American League. My preseason bet was Masataka Yoshida for the Boston Red Sox, and that's who I'm going with here. To actually, I can't. I can't. As much as I want to do it, he's batting 316 and and he's been so great. I guess I gotta go, I gotta go Josh Jung, right? He's been he's been that good and he's an all-star. Uh Josh Jung has been great. Um certainly he's I, I think fed off in a, a lineup that has been incredible. I'm very curious to see how that goes the rest of the way. Yoshida's been awesome. Uh, I, I feel like it was a good good pick on him coming in. I was expecting a lot more power, um, than, especially for where he was hitting and is hitting in the Red Sox lineup. But he's been awesome, very disciplined, getting on base a ton in Fenway, where I feel like the more times you're on base, the more you can add to those counting stats. So I don't, I don't hate that uh, step in right there. And I, I still feel like you got a shot for 
that to turn around. If he does add some power, potentially scores some more runs off of his bat, as opposed to being the one scoring the runs uh, when Devers and such hit behind him. Um, but I mean, hard to argue either way. It's been awesome first half of the year for, for both those players. And your first half national league rookie of the year. For me, it's Corbin Carroll only because Ellie didn't start the season with the reds and my Opinion might change as we progress throughout the second half of the season, but right now, first half rookie of the year, National League, Corbin Carroll. Can't disagree. I'll go Corbin Carroll as well. I'm very curious to see if he's able to hang on to uh, that sort of lead because I I do feel like the performance of the team does matter, especially with both in first place races, seeing the Diamondbacks kind of leading the the NL West this entire first half for, for a lot of it recently and then kind of melt a little bit down the stretch. Um, even as the Dodgers had a weird day off on Sunday, um, that I think might play a role in voters minds potentially. Uh, I don't know that Cincinnati's going to hold on and win the NL central, but they do have a lead as we head to the all-star break. So that's the best place you can be. Okay. Well, that'll transition us into the second half of the major league baseball season. And I want to know what is your most pressing questions that you want to see answered in the second half. And I'll just start where we just left off with the rookie of the year in the National League. I want to know if Corbin Carroll can stay healthy or if the shoulder acts up again, and if Ellie De La Cruz will continue to be the sensation that he has been. Good questions. Uh, mine, I think, from the AL, I want to know if the Rangers are going to add pitching. They did make a move to get Aroldis Chapman, but... They are competing with a lot of teams that are looking for pitching help because pretty much everyone is at a certain point of each season. Uh, We've seen the Rays acquiring multiple relievers throughout the the first half of the season um, in deals with the Pirates, getting Jake Diekman off waivers, also others. And I I feel like there's going to be a heavy, heavy price to be paid if you're going to do things at the trade deadline. So uh, when will the Rangers start trying to acquire more pitching uh, Jacob deGrom is not walking through that door through another, at least for another year. So some things will need to be done over there. And honestly, I'm a little bit interested in, uh, I just clicked on the first manager fired prop and I'm wondering if it, it has Buck Showalter first on the list as the favorite. And I, I do wonder if the Mets are going to be sellers at the trade deadline, six games under 500, they're 18 and a half back in the East and a long way back to the wild card. Um, I wonder with, with, older aging assets like Max Scherzer, who has a no trade clause, if he might be someone that might go uh, get traded and it would be an incredible turnaround from the expectations for this club. I think the Mets are a fascinating case to be studied over the course of the next uh, few weeks. And I think the Yankees are right there in that boat as well. They fired their hitting coach. It's the first time in Brian Cashman's career that he has fired a coach in the middle of the season. So the Yankees fired their hitting coach. They've been stumbling here. I know injuries play a part, but they're one game out of a wild card spot in the American League. I'm fascinated to see what happens with the Yankees over the course of the next couple of weeks. 
I'm pretty surprised that Cashman has stayed in this position for as long as he has. Uh, clearly, he's got some compromising photos of the Steinbrenners or something of that nature. Because I, I feel like, unfortunately, yes, you can blame injuries, but it's not all bad luck. I feel like it's a real fantasy football type of theory where health is a skill. And when you are trotting out lineups with giants in the outfield that really have to both play DH, and you can't do that because there's only one DH position, and just an aged roster. And yes, there are a lot of names on that Yankee lineup. And honestly, I fell for the okie doke a few times this season, being like, surely the Yankees lineup is not this bad. But it is. And I think that's a fault of roster construction. And I feel like Cashman has been behind the times. And I think there's a reason why general managers need to to move along and new players and new new blood need to come in. Because ultimately doing the same thing that won you championships for a long, long time. Um, you, you got to reinvent the wheel, unfortunately. And, and it's, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but it's been broken in, in the Bronx for a long time. All right, Griffin, the biggest question of the second half of the baseball season is, will Shohei Otani be traded before the August 1st deadline? I hope so, man. I, like, honestly, at a certain point, like you can say this with Harry Kane and in, in, uh, European soccer as well. It's like, how long are they going to stick around and like waste their time, waste their career in an organization or a club that's just not really going to support you and never develop into anything? Mike Trout, uh, unfortunately, health is a skill, as I just said, and he has never been able to remain healthy in his entire career. And I really think like the first ballot Hall of Famer stuff is really overblown because he, he really hasn't meant much to a team when he doesn't play the second half of seasons. And they've gone nowhere with him in, in that organization, at least to my memory, um, which definitely is fading as I age. But I, I just feel like um, the Angels have been a Trout and Otani show with a bunch of double A players around him around them. And I hope that he gets traded. I don't know that it'll happen though, because I feel like the draw that Otani is with ticket sales and things of that nature at home is a big enough deal. Um, though I think it's a penny, penny wise pound foolish type of scenario. I think they have to trade him. Uh, as you look at the standings and they're five games out of a wild card spot, they start dipping and they get into like that seven, eight games out range. Plus, maybe it doesn't have to be that far out, but there's so many teams ahead of them, so many better teams ahead of them. And the trout injury just speeds up the clock. And I think right now you have to make a decision. If you truly believe that you can sign him in the offseason, then you don't trade him. But another year missing the postseason, there's definitely pressure on him. He's still young. He's going to command a ton of money that he would be better served elsewhere. And the Angels would be better served getting something in return rather than losing him for nothing. I wholeheartedly agree. I just it's hard to trust the Angels to make correct, intelligent decisions because they haven't done it for so long. All right, let's get to our predictions here for the second half and the rest of the season. So we'll go division by division first, picking the division winners. And as we pick them, I'll give you the odds on them on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And then we'll go for our awards selections with the current market odds as well. And we still have to give you our home run derby picks. So Griffin, I'll let you do the honors. Who wins the American League East? I'm going to stick with the Rays. Uh, I do I do feel like the Orioles have been impressive catching up, and they have talent for days in a team that probably should get better, but I still question their hitting enough. I love their bullpen, but I feel like the Rays will get stronger there as well. Uh, so I'll stick with the Rays. 
hanging on for dear life to a two-game lead, but I think they'll probably increase that as the season goes along. Hard to argue with a plus-149 run differential on the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays minus-210 favorites to win the division. I am with you there. In the Central, I got the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota right now minus-140 to win the Central Division. They're a half game back of Cleveland. I like their lineup better. I like their starters better. I certainly love Cleveland's bullpen more. But I think Minnesota is the best team in that poor Central Division, and I think they come away winning it. I'm going to stick with the Guardians. I'll stay uh, status quo, especially if they are going to have a plus money number next to them. Only a half game lead, so it's basically the same. The Twins just have one more loss on their ledger. Um, I think the Guardians pitching is something I trust more. I don't know that the Twins lineup is as good as we expect it to be coming into the year. I feel like there are huge platoon split issues, really struggle against left-handed pitchers and, and for that type of thing. Um, don't have schedules in front of me. Have not analyzed the remaining uh, 72 games for the Guardians and 71 for the Twins. But I think the Guardians did it last year, and I I think I trust the status quo for it to to stay this way. Just because I, I the Guardians know that the type of games they're playing. I think the Twins want to hit the ball out of the ballpark and try to outscore you. And I just don't know that they're really built to do that with their current roster. Guardians are plus 130. You see, this is where I'm ahead of you because Cleveland has middle of the road, 15th most difficult schedule remaining in Major League Baseball, right in dead center of the league. The easiest remaining schedule in Major League Baseball belongs to the Minnesota Twins. That'll help. It certainly will. But they also are one game under 500 so far. So, um, <laughs> yes, it might be an easy one. And certainly as many times as you can play the Oakland Athletics and, and the Kansas City Royals. Yep. But I feel like um, I imagine I know that the schedules have changed this year. 19 games in division is now chopped down to 13. But um, I, I just something about it to me feels like I trust the Guardians more in close games. And I, I don't think that the Twins will be able to overcome in the West, you have the Rangers in first place, two games up on the Astros. I'll let you have the first choice who's winning that division. Thank you. Uh, this is really tough for me. Uh, I live in Dallas. I'm not really a Rangers fan, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they do well because I do want to see a victory or a World Series parade sometime in my lifetime. Um, and unfortunately, I have a lot of questions about the Rangers. So I'm going to go... The Astros have been kind of jockeying between favorite and slight underdog, slight favorite as well, um, to win the division. And uh, I do not have the odds in front of me, but I'm going to go with the Astros. I imagine they it's probably right around even. Astros minus 115 to win okay. the West. Okay. And I'm going to go with the Rangers, kind of like you went with the Guardians for the plus money. I'm going to take the plus 135 on the Texas Rangers, already with a two-game lead. Uh, I believe in this offense. I believe in that plus-148 run differential, and I do believe that they will continue to be aggressive or all this Chapman is not the only move that they will make here before the deadline. With with those odds, I would tend to agree, to agree with you, but I think just on a projection standpoint, I feel like the Astros, for as poorly as things have gone for them, and of course there's a lot of concerns with the health of, Jose Altuve and their pitching staff rotation and things of that nature and coming off a world series. Like we've seen teams not go as hard the next year with acquisitions and such, because they are more interested in the future than trying to repeat. But uh, I do feel like the Astros are going to be a very, very tough 
uh, team for really a thorn in the side of the Rangers who I I have questions about how much they can do at that deadline, as I've already mentioned, but I'm hoping they do because I do want to see some new blood out of the AL West champion. We'll skip the National League East because the Braves are minus 5,000 to win the division. (laughs) If you want to bet the Phillies, it's plus 4,000. Hey, they're only uh, 12 games back. Uh, Funny, the Marlins are, have a longer shot to win the division, and they're only eight and a half games back. That just tells you how the market feels about these teams. But let's go to the Central, where the Reds are one game up on the Brewers. I guess the question is, do the Reds hang on to win this? Do the Brewers win it? Can the Cubs win it? They're seven games back. Who's your pick to win the Central? So I have a little bit of of a rooting interest as I played the Reds while they're in midst of in the midst of that big winning streak because uh, I had got like a four to one number that I, I didn't really post anywhere because it seemed a lot higher than it should have been and I don't know that it was around for too long for me to give out to others but uh, I'm a believer in the Reds hitting I am not a believer in their pitching and I think to that end I, I think I am still in a position where I am trusting arms like I did with the Guardians more and potentially the Astros as well. I'm trusting arms more than I am bats. So I'm actually going to go because I don't have four to one odds on the Reds right now with a one game lead heading into the second half. I'm going to take I'm going to take the Brewers as the NL Central champions. I think I feel like the Cubs are a little bit too far, uh, far back with considering their, their offense and bullpen issues as well. Brewers minus 110 Reds plus 130. Uh you know, there was a time where I was saying the Cardinals were going to win this division even as far back as they were. And does the plus 2,000 number intrigue me on the Cardinals? Maybe. <laughs> like, if they fire Oliver Marmol and all of a sudden, like, roll off, like, 10 straight wins and 11 and a half games out becomes four games out, like, maybe? Uh, I think it's going to take a hell of a month in order for them to to get back into it. It's just, like, it's so sickening to me to feel... To, to like look at how bad the Cardinals are. Because if you just look at these teams on paper, they're the best team in this division. And it's just stupid uh, how bad they are. Um, if I had to make a bet right now, though, at current market price, I'd go with the Reds at plus 130. Um, and if they can get some pitching, or if a guy like Andrew Abbott continues to shine and the other guys step it up and, and their offense does the, the job like it's been doing, then the Reds will pull away and win this division. I believe in the offense. I have some questions about what they're going to do at the deadline. I, I do feel like the Reds not really being around a playoff picture since I think the COVID season when they scored zero runs in a, a wild card series against the Braves. Uh, I think got shut out back to back games, including extra innings for one of them. Maybe they're starved enough for the playoffs and they see the young core coming together, but I don't know what they would trade because I'm sure they don't want to deal a ton of prospects. Is Jonathan India someone they can trade who's sitting third in their lineup and seems to be one of the leaders or captains on the team? Um, that's my Listen, question. They, they they have a ton of assets because of the trades they made in the past two seasons where they sold off all of their talent. So I'm sure they got some guys that are in the system that they can flip again. I mean, that to me someday I would love to own a sports team and that literally would be how I would run my business. It's kind of the way the Rays do it. Um, Certainly I'm, I guess, biased in that direction, but as soon as you get an asset that is going to become too expensive for you, trade it for two or three assets. You'd probably miss on on one or two of those, but play the percentages and eventually it works out. Um, I, I gotta say, I agree wholeheartedly with your Cardinals take their lineups, the most dangerous in this division. I think their bullpen is the best in this division and their starters aren't bad either, but 
Unfortunately, 14 games under and 11 and a half games back, mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard for them to, to reverse that, though. I mean, if you're into long shots, I mean, throwing a little candy on, on 2000 <laughs> plus 2000 does uh, make me feel like we're back in, in Y2K. According to fan graphs, the Cincinnati Reds is the number three ranked farm system in all of Major League Baseball right now. Well, they could use it. That's that's where you get the pitching that you need. Um, I feel like they need a lot of a lot of help in that in that department. Finally, the National League West, where the Dodgers and Diamondbacks are tied two and a half games up on the Giants, eight and a half games up on the Padres. Who's your pick to win this division? I'll give you the odds first because I'm sure that's going to affect the way you decide. Dodgers are minus two thirty. Diamondbacks plus four hundred. Giants plus six hundred. Padres 22 to one. I think the Padres are too far behind, certainly talent wise. Uh, that is the, maybe the most interesting number to me. Um, I don't believe in the Diamondbacks. So for a value and realistic possibility standpoint, I think the, the Giants are the pick uh, there. But I believe the Dodgers I have I did play a little bit on the Dodgers as well as I thought Corbin Carroll might be out for a long time. Mm-hmm. But that really was not the case because um, he returned and, and was literally playing the next day though. He's been bunting a lot more than I remember in the last few days. So I don't yeah. know what's going on there. Uh, I think the Dodgers who have really not been the Dodgers of old, who were the best team in baseball for a decade straight. It feels like only got one world series out of it. I think you can put a lot of that blame on Dave Roberts is uh, mantle piece, but uh, I think the Dodgers will win it. But I think if you're looking for value, I, I think the giants are a better bet than the, the Arizona diamondbacks are. Uh, I'm going to go with the Dodgers, plus they also they have the fourth-ranked farm system in all of baseball. They'll likely make a deal at the deadline. The rich just get richer, and I think Indeed. the Dodgers will win this division. Uh, let's go to our awards bets now. Um, rookie of the Year, American League. I already have a preseason ticket on him at 6-1. to one. I'll bet him again here at plus 250, Yo- Masataka Yoshida, American League Rookie of the Year. I feel like he's been... a a staple of that lineup in Boston. They're going to score a ton of runs. Uh, still, I mean, have some possibility of getting through or, or finding a way into the playoffs too. five games over 500, nine games back of the Rays. But um, I feel like we might see a lot. Of, yes, there is going to be some infighting or some, uh, I guess, I guess friendly fire maybe in the AL East. So no one's really friends. Um, but I, I do feel like that seems like the strongest division and I don't see a wild card coming out of the AL central. I think the AL West might become more of a dogfight than it looks right now. National league. I'm going to take the odds and go Ellie de la Cruz. Now it's a, a worse number than it was that I feel like every day this line gets down as he keeps stealing bases and stealing home, but he's plus 250 right now compared to Corbin Carroll's minus 300. Give me Ellie de la Cruz national league rookie of the year. I'll take it as well. Uh, in the American League, Cy Young, I'm going to stick with Shane McClanahan. He's plus 850 right now, the fourth favorite on the board. I'm, I'm with you. In the National League, I'm going to go Blake Snell, plus 950. He's the fourth favorite to win the award right now, and it's hard to argue with any pitcher that's been better over the last month and a half than Blake Snell, not just in the National League, but in all of baseball. I, I don't blame you. He's been great. I'm still kicking myself for dropping him in a fantasy league, but I'm going to stick with Zach Gallon, your guy from the, the start of the season. I feel like he's in the race. I think he will be a huge part of the Diamondbacks if they do make the playoffs, never mind when the NOS. So I'll, I'll stick with Zach Gallon. Blake Snell has allowed just four earned runs in his last 
53 innings. Just let that sink in. Four runs, 53 innings. It's a pretty good ERA. Uh, American League MVP, it's it, it's Shohei Otani, nobody else. He could not play the rest of the season. He's probably still going to win the MVP. National League, I think the same about Acuna. I mean, I guess Mookie Betts could have an explosive second half, but Acuna is doing some incredible things, and the Braves are the best team in baseball, so I do think he wins this award. I also feel like it's hard because how do you choose between Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman for Good the point. Dodgers as well? Good point. All right, Griffin, let's get to the home run derby Monday evening. Your favorite is Pete Alonso plus 300, Vlad Guerrero Jr. plus 360, Luis Robert plus 500, Julio Rodriguez 550, Adolis Garcia plus 650, Randy Arozarena plus 950, Mookie Betts at 10 to 1, and Adley Rutschman is 17 to 1. Do you have a pick for the home run derby? I do. Uh, so I'm very interested. I, I think in the bracket I submitted, I, I did pick Pete Alonzo, but as he's the favorite, I, I, no fun picking the favorite. Uh, and I feel like he might have a little bit more difficult of that first round matchup against Julio at home. So I'm going to go with Luis Robert, who I think has the easiest first round run. And then we'll see which Cuban he gets in the second round with Adelis Garcia and Randy Rosarena, but I'll go Luis Robert Jr. at that plus 450 number. You know, I, I like where your head's at with the bracket because Luis Robert does have the easiest matchup in the first round with Adley Rutschman. And then, you know, I do like, I think, I feel like that side of the bracket is just much easier. Like either Robert or I think Adolis Garcia is going to end up in the finals. And look at this murderer's row that you have to go through in this side of the bracket, Mookie Betts against Vlad, Alonzo against Julio. I'm going to go Julio Rodriguez. He's the hometown hero. Everyone's going to get behind him. He did an incredible job last year in the Derby. We got the rematch again against Alonzo. And I think once he gets over the hump of beating Alonzo in the first round, I think Mookie Betts is going to upset Vlad Guerrero, and then it'll be Julio over Mookie Betts, and then Julio takes care of whoever comes out of the easier side of the bracket. So now in case you want to bet matchups, I like Mookie plus 170 over Vladdy Guerrero. I like Julio, and I like Julio plus 140 over Pete Alonso. I, I like it. Um, I, I was picking Mookie as well. Uh, I feel like Randy Rosarena is worth a look at getting odds right now against his good buddy, Adolis Garcia. I like it. Griffin, uh, good stuff. It's been a fun first half of the Major League Baseball season. Enjoy the All-Star break. Enjoy a couple of days off before the second half resumes on Friday. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, please... Someone keep me entertained. Uh, hit me on Twitter, if you will, or something like that. We got plenty of prepping to do, and I'm going to be going through each division, every type of future potential that I could find, uh, and I'll hopefully be sending some of those out as we go forward. And you can head to pregame.com and take advantage of our 20% discount for you, the listeners of this podcast. If you want a best bet, I'm sure guys are going to have best bets on the Derby or on just other sports. WNBA is still going. You have Canadian football, NBA Summer League. It's not just, you know, you might think nothing's going on because it's the all-star break in Major League Baseball. There's always something going on. There's always action out there. You can take 20% off at pregame.com using the promo code DERBY20, just like Home Run Derby, 
Derby20 is going to get you 20% off at pregame.com. For Griffin Warner, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We will talk to you before the second half of the Major League Baseball season. This has been RJ Bell's Dream Preview, MLB Edition.